Luke chapter 11. I'm going to start verse 1. Now watch this. It says, when it came to pass, as he was praying again in a certain place, when he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. So Jesus, he said to them, when you pray, say this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day by day our daily bread. Forgive our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. I want to talk to you today from this idea. Our Father. Our Father. Our Father, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. I believe over these next few moments and in these next few weeks, you are setting us up uh, for something so tremendous, so beyond even our expectation or imagination. I think 2019 is going to take our breath away. I think 2019 is going to shock us in so many ways both good and sometimes what would seem bad, but you take all things and you work them together for our good. So God, in 2019, we take this time right at the beginning of the year to press into you. Not so much that we could change you, but we want to change. We want to be different. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. Our Father, our Father. Oh. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's hard to get, for me, it's hard to get past the idea uh, of God as Father. And so I think one of the things that Jesus is strategically pointing us to in the plan of prayer is this whole thing begins with relationship. This whole thing starts with relationship. Uh, Jesus, when he prayed, Jesus did not pray because he was religious. Matter of fact, when Jesus came on the scene, religious people didn't like Jesus because he seemed anti-religion. Jesus was all about relationship. And so when Jesus is saying, here's the plan for prayer, it starts with relationship. And Jesus saw it not as something that he had to do, but something that he got to do. It was almost a, it, it was something that wasn't, um, wasn't like a burden. Uh, I, I know for me sometimes when I think, it's not prayer that is a burden for me. Sometimes it's filling the time of prayer with words that seem like a burden for me, so it becomes a little bit overwhelming. And I think what Jesus was trying to teach us is that just as you would pick up the phone and call your, your father or your mother or a close friend, it's exactly how I want you to communicate with me. I want this whole thing to begin with relationship. You have to understand that above all things, of all of the things we could have started out this prayer with, our judge, our defender, our righteousness. He says, no, I want you to start it out with our Father. It's important that you understand this because 
when you look at the idea of father, sometimes we see father from our own perspective. We see father from the perspective of our natural fathers or father from the perspective of somebody who was like a father to us. And so a lot of the things uh, we see about God, we see them that way because that's the way we see natural relationships. And so I don't want you, when you think of the idea or the word father, to, to think of your, your natural dad. I don't care how good he was. I don't care how bad he was. I don't want you to think naturally. I don't want you to think of terms uh, here on earth because the Bible says, our father who art in heaven. It, it doesn't just say that he's our father, but it points to his position and his perspective in our lives. Heaven is this place of perfection. Heaven is this place where God's will is always being performed. Heaven is this place where he is wiping away every tear from their eye. Heaven is this place where, there, where there's no sickness, there's, there's no disease, there's, there's only calm and stillness and perfection. And God is wanting you to say that to, to when you pray to, to not only see him as father, but father in heaven. He is with you, but he is also in heaven. That is his perspective about your life. That is his perspective about your future. That's his perspective about your past. Sometimes you can't see things because of where you are. You need to see things from his perspective, and that's why you need to read the Bible, because you can't really get a proper perspective of what a father looks like until you see God as father. If you relate God to your father, then you will never truly see who God is because God says about your father that he's evil compared to him, that he doesn't know how to parent you compared to him, that even on his best day, he's not even as good as the father in heaven is. So I don't care how good you think God is as father, he's better than you could ever possibly imagine he is. Is there anybody in this room today that is grateful for a heavenly father? He's heavenly father. And as our father, I, I want you to see just a few things about, about him. About him. Romans chapter eight, verse 15. In the New Living Translation, it says this. You have received a spirit. You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. I want to read that scripture to you in a couple of verses more in, in the message. Romans 8, 15 through 17, it says this. It says, the resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's an adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa. God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is, and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, not what we deserve, but what is coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. Fathers. Fathers should do a few things, and I want to give this to you. Fathers should govern, they should guard, they should guide, they should give, and they should, above all, they should love. They should govern, guard, guide, give, and above all, love. They should govern from love. They should guard with love. They should guide with love and give out of love. Not all of our fathers have done that. And some of them have done that in varying degrees. And some of them have been better at other things than they were that thing, 
You know, some dads are really good at giving hugs, and some dads are really good at giving spankings. Some dads are really good at giving encouragement, and some dads are really good at giving discouragement. Not every dad in here is good at every aspect of being a father. Some of us are good providers, but not very good at expressing our feelings and talking and teaching and training. Um, So we fall short. But the thing about God is in all of his fathering, he excels. He excels. He excels in his love. He excels in his governing of our lives. He excels in his guiding of our lives. He excels us in giving. All that he does in fathering us, he excels. First of all, he governs us. And the word govern really simply just in in the dictionary that you and I read means to exercise continual sovereign authority over. Isn't that good to know that God governs your life, that he he is not disconnected from your life, but he is constantly in sovereign authority over your life. It's continual. It is constant. He is never thrown off guard by your life. He is never disconnected from your life. He is not, never unaware of what you're going through. He, he knows exactly what happened on May 3rd at 2 p.m. 1985, and he knows exactly what's going to happen on May 3rd, 2, 10 p.m. in 2025. He is in constant, continual, sovereign authority over your life. And it's hard to really grasp that, but it's, it's easier to understand when I recognize that he doesn't, he, he doesn't see me from this perspective. He sees me from this perspective. He sees the big picture of my life. He, he doesn't see me in snapshots. He, he doesn't see me in a highlight reel. He doesn't see me in my worst moments and, 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 and miss my best moments. We don't ever have to go to God and say, did you see that? No, because he saw it. <laughs> I, I know there are times where I've done stuff and I've been like, Dad, did you see it? And even with my kids now, they're like, Dad, did you, did you see that? And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I saw it. And then sometimes I'm like, no, I didn't even know you were trying to do anything. And sometimes I wasn't paying attention because my mind was focused on something else. Are you thankful for a God who doesn't get distracted, who, who, who isn't so caught up in what's going on over here that he can't pay attention to what's going on right here? He is in constant and continual sovereign authority authority over your life. First Chronicles 29, 11 through 12 say this, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and all that is in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might and in your hand is it to make great and to give strength to all. He is governing your life. He's governing you. He is guarding you. He's guarding your life. John chapter 10 Verse 28 through 30 says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me, he is greater than all. And no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. He is guarding you. Last night, uh, I was uh, putting Oliver to bed and Oliver told me, he said, he said, dad, 
um, how, how are you gonna know? Because he, he sleeps in the basement of our house, and we have a little monitor that watches him, but you know, I sleep in the night, so even though that monitor is there, I don't see that monitor all the time. And, and the, reason, the reason he was, he, he was so worried is because he knows I sleep in the night. And he said, Dad, I know you protect me, but what about when you're sleeping? And I said, son, that's what God's for. He said, well, does God, doesn't God sleep too? And I said, no, God, the Bible tells us that he neither sleeps nor slumbers. And when I can't watch the monitor, God is watching the monitor. Are you thankful for a God who doesn't sleep on your life? Who, who you're, like, you're not trying to get him to wake up in your situation? Like, I, I know that Jesus slept in the boat, but, but we're talking about the Father, and the Bible says that the, the Father, he neither sleeps nor slumbers. He doesn't take a break. He doesn't take a snack break. He, he doesn't walk off, and, and he's like, hey, hey, listen, I just need, your life is so chaotic right now. I just need a break. Are you thankful today that God is constantly looking at the monitor? He always sees you. He sees you in the morning. He sees you in the afternoon. He sees you in the middle of the night, and when people who are supposed to protect you can't protect you, he is still protecting you and keeping you. I'm thankful that God is guarding us. He's guarding us. He guides us. The Bible tells me in Psalm chapter 32 and verse 8, the Bible says there, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. See, here's, here's what Jesus is saying. He says, when you pray, Pray like this, our Father. And, and it's not just a title you give God. It's not just a title you throw at God. Our Father represents so much, and Jesus is wanting us to see that. So when I pray, it's just not our Father. It's our Father. Our Father, he, he's, he's in control of my life. So, so the rest of my prayers, prayers are effective because I know that God is in control of my life. I know that God sees my life. I don't have to waste my time wondering and asking the question, do you see me? Do you care? Because when I say father, I know he cares because he's a good father. He cares about my life. He's, he's governing my life. He's guarding my life. He is guiding my life. He's, he's instructing my life. So when I, when I go to him as father, I have to understand that sometimes he's going to give me instruction that I have to obey. And, and if I don't obey it, then I can't get mad at him because he was giving me the instruction that would save my life. And so many times we go to God for answers and he gives us the answer and then we don't do what he says and then we wonder why that happened to us and why we messed up like that and why we fell on our face like that. And God's saying to us, I'm your father. I, I don't just govern your life and I, I don't just guard your life. I give you instruction for your life. And you have to listen. You have to obey the instruction that I give. You have to hear the words that I say. I'm not just a father figure. I am your father, and out of my mouth come, comes life, and the words of life, they're instruction that will give you life and, and strength to your bones, and years add years to you, and, 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 and prosperity to you, and blessing to you. I'm your, I'm your father. Listen to me. Have you ever, have you ever been so frustrated with your kid because they just won't listen and you're like, 
And, and, and the reason they won't listen is because they think you don't understand or they think you're disconnected or, or you're so old and you're like, but these gray hairs, they mean something. And these wrinkles on this face, they mean something. And these 40 and 50 years of living, they mean something. Listen to my words. If you ever thought just, if you would have just listened to me. And God is in heaven with us and he's saying, if you would just listen to me. And we're like, but what God, what did you say? He said, I gave you an entire Bible full of words of life. And if you will just listen, I could help you in your marriage. I could help you with your kids. I could help you on your job. I could help you in this world. I could totally revolutionize the way you live if you will just listen. Let me be your father. Not just entitled, don't just say father and then don't listen to me. Don't call me Lord and then don't do what I say. I'm trying to, I'm trying to guide you trying to guide your life. I'm trying to give you instruction. And then another thing he does as father is he gives. He gives to us. James 1 and 17 says, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Every good thing. In your life, do you have any good things? Anybody raise your hand this morning and say, I've got some good things in my life. Some good things. Every good thing, every perfect gift is from above. He is a giver. He's a giver. He loves to give. The Bible teaches us that he's not withholding anything from us. That everything, Peter says, everything that you need that pertains into life and godliness He's given it to you. You have access to it. Sometimes we see God as this uh, uh, God who is up in heaven. And, and, and sometimes we read the words of men and we develop theology out of them. And sometimes we've read Job and we've developed theology from Job that God never intended it for us to develop. Do you know when, when, when uh, the Bible says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away? But Job says, still, I will bless his name. Do you know that's not truly proper theology of who God is as this giver who just likes to take away? If you have this image of God that he's this stingy person or he's this person who likes to give stuff and then like take it out from under us to see how we react to it. No wonder you don't see him as father. No wonder you don't trust him with your life. No wonder you don't believe that he wants to give you good things because you've developed theology based on people's circumstances, not based on who the Bible says God truly is. He's not a God who gives and takes away. It's not good theology. I give it to take it away. No, that's not, that's, not what, that's not what happened. God didn't take it away. The devil took it away. The enemy stole it. The Bible says it's the enemy who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. God didn't kill Job's family. God didn't take Job's health. God didn't take Job's possessions. That was the enemy. What, what happened when the enemy took it? God gave back everything that the enemy had taken. And to show Job how good of a giver he was, he gave him twice as much as he had before. 
I don't, I don't know about you, but I am thankful that God's disposition towards me is giving and not taking. He, he's not sitting up in heaven looking at my life and saying, what can I take from them to make them love me? What can I take from them to make them serve me? Job was serving him before he ever, anything ever happened in his life. God doesn't take stuff from us to make us do something, to manipulate us into loving him. No, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. It's the fact that he gave to me when I didn't deserve a thing. It's the fact that he gave his son for me. Are you thankful that he doesn't give his son to take him back? That he gave his son and he is a once and for all sacrifice. I'm thankful for God. And he's a giver. He's a giver. He's not a taker. He loves you. He governs, he guards, he guides, he gives, and he loves. I, I want to read to you from the book of Hosea. Don't go there much. It's a very complicated book. Can you imagine Hosea's life? God puts this burden on this man. To commit his life to someone who was going to constantly cheat and take and cheat and take. And God would continually ask this man to take her back. And, and, and Hosea loved her so much that there was nothing she could do that would cause him to give up on her. And he kept taking her back and kept taking her back. And we get to the point and like, what is the point of all this? This is a horrible thing that this person is doing to Hosea. And, but point of all of it is God is teaching us, this is what I do for you. Like, this is how I treat you. This is, this is how a father treats his children. This is how a, a husband should treat his bride. Watch this. When he, Hosea chapter 11 says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. As they called them, so they went from them. They sacrificed to the bells and burned incense to carved images. And I, I taught you from the walk. I took him by, by his arms, but they did not know that I had healed them. I drew them with gentle cords, with bands of love. And it was I to them as those who take the yoke from their neck. I stooped and I fed them. He shall not return to the land of Egypt, but to the Assyrian shall, but the Assyrian shall be his king because they refuse to repent. And the sword shall slash in his cities and devour his districts and consume them because of their own counsels. My people are bent on backsliding from me. Though they call to the Most High, none at all exalt him. How, how though? He says, how can I give you up? How can I hand you over? My heart churns within me, he says. My sympathy is stirred. I will not execute the fierceness of my anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come with terror. They shall walk after the Lord. He will roar like a lion, and when he roars, then his son shall come trembling from the west. Thou shalt come trembling like a bird from Egypt, like a dove from the land of Assyria, and I will let them dwell in their houses as the Lord. He starts out, he's like, they won't follow me, they won't serve me, they won't love me, and, and judgment is coming upon them, and, and discipline is coming their way, and pain is coming upon them. He says, but how can, I, how can I give you up? 
How could I let you go? How could I surrender you to someone else? He says, I can't do it because I'm the one who took you by the arms and taught you how to walk. I'm the one who stooped down and fed you when you were a child and couldn't feed yourself. Can any of you parents imagine giving up on your child? Throwing it, why, why, why can't you? Why, because you're the one that took them when they were a baby and picked them up off the floor and helped them walk. You were the one when they couldn't feed themselves and, and take care of themselves that took care of them. So, so even though they act crazy and they act a fool and sometimes end up in places they should never be, you don't disown them. Why? Because they belong to you. I can't give them up. They are mine. And I, I'll never forget I, when I was, I was working at a machine shop in Kingsport when I got out of high school. And I was standing at this machine and this guy was standing beside of me and he looked over at me and he said, aren't you thankful that you're his kid? And I said, who's, who's kid you? you talking about? He said, aren't you thankful that you belong to God? And I said, oh man, absolutely. He said, you know, it's belonging to God is a lot like when you have a kid. No matter what they do, no matter what they say, they could go, they could go to court and divorce you. But the blood flowing through their veins is still yours. <laughs> they could disown you. They could walk away from you but they're still yours. Aren't you thankful that even when we are unfaithful, he remains faithful? And it's that type of love that doesn't make me want to be unfaithful. It's that type of love that makes me want to fall on my face and say thank you. God, in 2019, thank you for being my father who is in heaven. Thank you for loving me like nobody else could love me. Thank you for taking me back when nobody else would have taken me back. Thank you for not giving up on me when everybody else would have given up on me. If you knew the thoughts I think and the things that I've done, you would have given up on me, but God won't. And he's saying to you today, how could I give you up? How could I surrender you? I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you have been. He looks at you today and he says, how can I give you up? How can I surrender you? You belong to me. And I belong to you. People are like, be careful. You don't want to make God mad. You might lose your salvation. Aren't you thankful that your salvation doesn't depend on you? Once he adopts you, you are adopted. It was his choice. And you can say, I'm unadopted, I'm unadopted, I'm unadopted, but you're still adopted. The papers have been signed and it has been sealed. Are you thankful that the Spirit of God has sealed your life? I'm grateful. Will you stand on your feet today? So I got to understand when I pray, I'm not praying to some higher power, some religious figure, some statue. I'm praying to my Father who is in heaven. And he loves me. And he guards me and he governs me and he guides my life. I'm grateful for that. Can we put our hands together and just bless God that he is our Father? He is my Father. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this place today and you said, Rob, I've been away from God. And I realize today that God hasn't stopped loving me. I've, I've walked away from him. God hasn't disconnected from me. I've tried to disconnect from him. God hasn't abandoned me. I've, I've been the one who's pushed him away. Today, Rob, whether for the first time or 
for the 15th time. You want to say yes to God. Here's my life. Take me. I'm giving it to you. The second week of 2019 because I need you. I cannot do this without you. My sin is overwhelming me. My shame is tormenting me. My past refuses to let me go. But I want to move forward in forgiveness and wholeness and in the love from a father who is in heaven. If that's you today and you say, I want, to, I want that in my life today. I'm going to count to three. And when I do, I just want you to throw your hand up in the air. We're going to pray a simple prayer. And I believe that God is going to touch you today. If that's you, one, two, three, throw that hand up in the air. That's me. I see you. I see you. I see you. See you, see you. Anyone else? I see you over there. Come on. Hands up all over the room. We thank you, Jesus. Come on, will you throw both hands up in the air if you're in this room today? If you can, if not, totally understand, but throw them up if you can. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for giving me access to my Father who is in heaven. Thank you for your blood that covers me so that I can walk in to my Father's room and ask for help and receive the mercy, receive the grace that I need when I'm in trouble. Jesus, forgive me today. I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why I've depended on me, but I give my life to you. Take it all. Have your way. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. One more time, can we put our hands together and bless the Lord? Amen.